Today on the Matt Wall Show, Trump is finally sending a surge of federal law enforcement officers into our cities where violence and anarchy has been reigning, of course, for months and longer. Uh, better late than never. We'll talk about that. Also, five headlines, including the BLM supporter who's pictured kneeling on the neck of a toddler, uh, apparently in support of Black Lives Matter. And in our daily cancellation, we will cancel the virtual fans that Fox is planning to use during their sports broadcast this uh, this this coming season. Uh, it sounds like a horrible and dystopian idea. It's almost hard to believe. We'll talk about that also coming up. We begin here. The riots in Portland uh, continued for another night last night. Uh, here, I'll, I'll just play a few clips just so you get a, a taste of it. Here are some of the peaceful protesters in battle armor and gas masks throwing projectiles very peacefully, of course, at police. Yes, a lot of peace, a lot of peace, love, and harmony there. Um, and here they are trying to set fire to the federal court building. And then, and then, and then here they are um, trying to set fire to the federal court building, but then accidentally setting one of their own Antifa comrades on fire instead. Oh man, you you hate to see that. Don't you? You really? Can we see that again? Let's watch that one more time. Jeez, that's terrible. That is just terrible. I'm not laughing. I, it's, it's not. I'm not smiling about that. I'm. I'm. These. These. This is a smile of sorrow. Over, I just real, I, you know, I hope that guy wasn't hurt. Um, anyway, now the thing is, if if you if you'd been living, you know, in a in a cave for the last several months, which probably is not a bad idea, you should probably go back into the cave if that's where you've been. In fact, are there any caves nearby that I could that I could rent out? Do you have any? Do you have any neighboring caves that are open? Um, but if you had been in a in a cave and and you you emerged and you saw the the, the peaceful protests in Portland or in Seattle. And by the way, here are some of the here's some of the aftermath of the peaceful demonstrations in Seattle two nights ago. Look at this, um, just super peaceful stuff right there. I've ne I've never seen really so many pieces of things all in one place. But if you saw all of this, you probably think to yourself, "Wow, the, these people are really mad. These these are really mad people. I, something terrible must have happened to them." Or to somebody. Uh, I mean, they, they they must have suffered some sort of horrific injustice. Imagine your shock, though, when you discover uh, that nothing happened to these people at all. 
they suffered no injustice of any kind. Everything was fine in their lives. Everything was perfect. These are probably, not just that these, these people are not oppressed, these are probably the least oppressed people on earth, actually, you would find out. Um, there is no reason for any of this. Well, no justified reason anyway. No, no, uh, no moral reason. No, no sane reason. No coherent reason. I should say, unless we're really going to pretend that this is still about George Floyd. I know that you might say, oh, something terrible did happen. George Floyd. Yeah. I was, if, if we're really going to still pretend two months later, riots in the street, they're still rioting because they're mad about George Floyd. Um, but of course, we know that's that's not the case. There's 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 no. And really, when you look at the footage, you don't even see that many signs anymore with George Floyd, justice for Floyd. Maybe some people still have the, but it, they're, they're does, I don't even think they're pretending to be mad about that anymore. And if you were to ask them, what are you protesting about? As people have asked them, uh, they can't give much of a coherent reason. Now, Donald Trump, in response to all of this, held a press conference that was, well, it was better late than never. Anyway, here's what he had to say. Politicians refuse to do what is necessary to secure their neighborhood and to secure their city. Every American, no matter their income, their race or their zip code, should be able to walk their city streets free from violence and free from fear. For this reason, today, I am announcing that the Department of Justice will immediately surge federal law enforcement to the city of Chicago, the FBI, ATF, DEA, U.S. Marshal Service, and Homeland Security will together be sending hundreds of skilled law enforcement officers to Chicago to help drive down violent crime. And murderers and violent criminals are breaking a wide range of federal laws. We have that. It's as wide as it can be. We will find them, arrest them, and prosecute them. They will be in jail for many years to come. We'll talk about what you just heard there in, in a second. But first, the show today brought to you by Rad Power Bikes. Uh, you know, using a, a, an electric bike for getting out of the house and getting around is, I mean, it's really the best of both worlds because you're out on a bike, uh, but you're not getting all sweaty and everything. You can go go a lot further. Uh, it takes less effort and energy. Uh, so w- whatever you're looking for, if you want a way to commute, if you want to get around town, if you just want to get out in nature, uh, whether this is a, a you know, just a ride for pleasure or because you want to get from point A to point B, whatever it is, you've got to try Rad Power Bikes. It's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped, but it doesn't require a special driver's license like a moped would. You can go up to 20 miles per hour without pedaling, so you get out and about without uh, getting all sweaty. And they're great for commuting. They're, they're great for getting out on the trail. They're great for hauling groceries, um, for transporting your kids on the back if you want to. I mean, whatever you want to do. Unlike other e-bikes, they're actually affordable. Plus, to show appreciation for those that serve us, Rad Power Bikes is offering $100 off all e-bike purchases for the for active and ex-military, first responders, teachers, and students. Uh, do you know someone who loves being active outdoors? Well, tell them about Rad Power Bikes. If you're really generous, you could get them a Rad Power Bike as a gift. Um, it's just, you know, for me, I'm a huge fan of products that are practical, but also fun. That's, that's the best combination. And Rad Power Bikes, speaking of practical, offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now as a limited time offer, you can get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right. Get a free gift of up to hundred dollars in value and free shipping to the lower 48 States to get this special offer. Text the word bike to 64,000. That's bike to 64,000 bike 
B-I-K-E to 64,000. Okay, you just heard from Donald Trump. He's going to send federal uh, law enforcement agents into Chicago, other cities as well, cities that have been torn apart by violence and anarchy. Um, Now, I think he should have done this 50 days ago, but at least it's happening now. A A couple of notes here. The left, of course, is having conniption fits about this, but they're in a constant state of conniption, so it's hard to even discern one thing from another. Uh, we just add this into the list of, 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 of things they're panicking over and, and who really cares what they think anymore. But the claim is being made that federal law enforcement have no place here. Um, they have no authority to come in and act, whether it's in Portland or Chicago or anywhere else. Now, that's obviously not true. And, and I do wonder, like the people saying that federal law enforcement has no place, what do you think we have federal law enforcement for? Like, what, what do you think they're supposed to do? We have many federal law enforcement agencies. What, what do you imagine their role is? You think they have no role when there's violence and anarchy across the country and federal buildings are being t- burned, you know, burned and attacked? You think they have no role at all in that? They're supposed to just sit back. Well, they have been sitting back up until now, for the most part. Um, Federal law enforcement, now I'm no legal expert, but here's what I know. Federal law enforcement deals with federal crime. That's not too hard to understand. You just saw a federal building being set on fire. Setting a federal building on fire, folks, is a federal crime. That's why the feds are in Portland. That's why they happen to be stationed around federal buildings, because they're trying to protect those buildings. When Antifa cries about the feds being there, here's what they're crying about. Let's understand. They're crying that they aren't being allowed to burn down a federal building. That's the oppression. I said before that nothing's happening to them. They're not being oppressed. Um, I guess I'm wrong. They, They are being prevented from burning down a federal building. That's the oppression they're suffering is that they're not being allowed to burn down a... They can build... But here's here's the other thing. They can burn down any other building they want, it seems like. You can burn down a local police station. You can burn down... You know, you want to burn down a CVS. You want to burn down um, whatever, you know, a Walmart, a Target. Really, any private business, any um, local government building, you're allowed to burn down, apparently. You shouldn't be, but apparently those are the rules now. The only line that's been drawn is, okay, you can't burn down the federal buildings. That, we're going to draw the line. You can't do that. And Antifa says, oh my God, I'm being oppressed. We can't burn down the federal buildings. Um, This is unspeakable tyranny for them, they claim. And there are a great many people in media who are taking that seriously and expect us to take it seriously. But federal crimes are not just limited to destruction or attempted destruction of federal property. Domestic terrorism is a federal crime. Here's how the FBI defines domestic terrorism. Um, Here's what it says on the website. Violent crime or criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences, such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or environmental nature. Well, there you go. Okay, that's Antifa. They are a domestic terror group by definition. And as such, federal law enforcement has every right and every reason and every responsibility to deal with them and deal a lot more harshly with them than they have by now. 
up to this point. Um, Black Lives Matter is also, by this definition, a domestic terror group. Black Lives Matter is a domestic terror group they, because they use violence to further domestic political goals. That is domestic terrorism. Again, literally by definition, that is domestic terrorism. So all this hand-wringing about the federal involvement, uh, the alleged unconstitutional nature of fe- the federal involvement here, from people who otherwise hate the Constitution and, and, and condemn it as a racist, white supremacist screed, is absurd and should just be ignored. Second point to, to be made here, um, to those on the right, because the criticisms of federal involvement and Trump's press, press conference yesterday come you know, from the right and the left, uh, mostly from the left. But there's been some on the right who have said, who are worried about the optics of, of Trump sending federal um, agents in. And uh, they think we should just let, you know, leave these cities to their own devices and uh, let the mayors deal with it. And if the city doesn't want to take care of itself, that's their problem. No, I, I don't think that's the right approach. And I've been saying this for months. That's not the right approach at all for several reasons. Number one, you know, when you say, oh, let, it's the city's problem, let them handle it. Um, like, you know, it's like they, they, they've got a, a dose of their own medicine kind of thing. What you're really saying is let the bad guys win. Because that that's not a punishment. When, when you take that approach, take a hands-off approach, that's a punishment to the law-abiding citizens of those cities, of which there are still many, um, who didn't do anything, or the only thing they did wrong was living in a city, which they might be, which well, I, I think at this point, if you're trying to decide where to move, you're insane if you move into a city. But if people are already in the city, they might they live there because that's where their job is, or there are a lot of reasons why a person might live in the city. Um, so all you're doing is penalizing them. For the, for the criminals and the anarchists and the domestic terrorists, this is, this is great. This isn't a punishment to them, to let them do it. No, it's, it's not justice to let the bad guys win. We can't do that. And uh, so even if I were to, to agree that optically it's not the best, well, there are considerations beyond optics, especially when you're the president, or at least there should be. And one consideration is justice and protecting the innocent. That's what the government is supposed to do. But even optics, I just don't buy that there's any problem with optics here. Um, it's, it, you want to talk about bad optics. Having anarchists in cities across the country destroying at will, on a whim, committing whatever crime they want for weeks on end, that makes you look weak. You want to talk about bad optics, there you go, right there. This is what this 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 is what people want to see. This is what normal, sane, law-abiding Americans who are not far leftists. I already covered that by saying sane. This is what they want to see. So I think it's the right thing, and I hope that Trump actually uh, you know follows through because the other the other thing is that we've we've seen Trump announce many things in press conferences that don't actually happen, um, and so I hope that this that this actually happens. We know it's happening in Portland. I think it needs to happen. Uh, you know, on, a, on a wider scale than that, as was said yesterday. All right, let's go to our um, five headlines. You know, before we get there, 
a lot going on. We're going to talk about some of the some of the other stuff going on in headline in the headline section. If you want to keep up on everything happening in the world, we've been telling you about this Reader's Pass. Well, you got you got to do it. You got to get the Reader's Pass. Reader Reader Reader's Pass member, you get access to all of our exclusive op-eds um, from not just your podcast hosts, but also uh, the guest writers and from our great Daily Wire reporters. It's only three dollars a month. But we're knocking that down, knocking $2 off, and you get your first month for $0.99 cents now. So you get access to our mobile app. You can receive push notifications, breaking news, special content, as well as join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. You get all of that if you go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. All right, now we'll get to five headlines. Number one, Joe Biden made some waves yesterday when he got out of bed for the first time in four weeks and did an interview. And during this interview, he accused Trump of being not only a racist, but the first racist president we've ever had. Watch. No sitting president has ever done this. Never, never, never. No Republican president has done this. No Democratic president. We have racists and they've existed. They've tried to get elected president. He's the first one that has. Now, I actually love this from Biden, and I'll tell you why. It's com- it completely undermines the effort of the anti-statue squad. They've torn down Jefferson, Washington, Lincoln, J- Roosevelt, others, all on the basis that those guys were racist. And now Biden is saying, no, none of them were racist. Trump is the first racist one, which is great. It's, it's, it's obviously nonsensical and not true, but it's great. It, also, to, to note here, we're numb to this by now. But, you know, and some of you young whippersnappers might not realize this, but it used to be a big deal to call a president racist. That, that used to be something that you didn't just go around saying. Um, even recently, Kanye West, 15 years ago, relatively recently, um, called George Bush a racist, and it was a huge controversy. People were talking about it for weeks after that. People still talk about it. That's how big of a deal it was. And now the Dems call Trump a racist as a matter of course. Every day they call him that. They wake up in the morning and it's the first thing they say. They just wake up and, Trump's a racist. All right, let's start today. It's, 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 compuls- it's a compulsion now for them. And the effect, of course, is that the word has lost all meaning. So ironically, the men like Bush, who were merely called racist, uh, you know, once every few months, were more successfully painted as racist, because at least back then the word racist still had some sort of meaning. Number two, a couple of pictures I want to show you here. First, look at this uh, mugshot. That that right there you're looking at, that's a scumbag named Isaiah Jackson. Um, I want you to take a, a good look at this monstrous piece of dirt. There he is. And so you don't think I'm being harsh in my description of him, Here's the picture that got him arrested. Take a look at that. There he is kneeling on a toddler's neck uh, with the caption BLM now. Actually, it says BLM now, mother effort. And that apparently is his girlfriend's child. The mother, the girlfriend, uh, allegedly was unaware that this picture was being taken. She she was in the house but didn't know about this, supposedly. I, I find that hard to believe personally. I mean, the child was in distress, clearly obviously screaming because he was in pain and he was terrified. Uh, Did she not realize that? Did she not hear it? Did she not wonder why her son was screaming in fear while alone in the room with her dirtbag, scumbag boyfriend? I don't know. 
Um, whether she was aware or not, this guy's going to jail, uh, and 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 hopefully, you know, there there are two other people involved there. There's someone taking the picture, and there's also someone holding the child's arms back. And I think at this point, police still aren't sure who those other people are. I, you know, again, you you have to wonder whether it was the mother, but uh, you know, the, the police say it wasn't. Okay. All I'll say is, I, mean, I, I can only hope that some of the other prisoners in whatever prison he goes to see that picture and decide that they want to have a good long talk with Mr. Jackson about it. That's all, just a talk. That's all I would be hoping for. Just the, just the kind of talk that prisoners have with other prisoners who harm children in that way. Um, you know, maybe that'll help them see, see the light. In more ways than one. Three. Now, uh, this is kind of redundant at this point, but let me play you another clip. This is Congressman Bobby Rush of Illinois being interviewed by talk radio host Joe Madison and reacting to Trump's plans to send troops or not troops. I'm already I'm already using their. They've got me now. Uh, they've conditioned me to call to to send in federal law enforcement to to Chicago. Now, Rush is 73 years old. He's a 14-term congressman. Okay, he's been in Congress for 14 terms. And if you want to know whether Rush was reelected 14 times because he's just that sharp and brilliant and competent, well, listen to this. I think that when Trump is really trying to do, uh, uh, my, my, my friend, I think that Trump is really trying to instigate a race war. He mm-hmm. wants to have a reaction. If, in fact, the, these armed agents uh, are deployed into Chicago, there's some guys in Chicago that ain't going to accept that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not, he, if he sends them in, he better not send them in to uh, the hardcore the south side, west side. He better keep them, uh, send them on to the uh, genteel north side. Because if they come in, then I'm not, I'm not advocating that, but I just know that that's what Trump's game plan. Trump wants to instigate a race war. He want to have black white fighting white folks, so he can rise up and say, I'm the real uh, uh, grand, grand wizard of the plan, and I'm the president. He re-elect me. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying wow. to pay, uh, play to the, uh, to the fears, to the uh, racial animus that exists among certain white people, and he will do everything and anything to uh, to that because he wants to be reelected at all costs. Now, I did you a favor there. I only played you a fraction of Russia's babbling answer. Uh, he actually begins by saying, uh, he, he's asked, this all started because he was asked by, by the, the host, what does he think about this plan? And he, he uh, what, you, what I just played there was about three minutes into his answer. And the first three minutes were just as incomprehensible as, as what you just heard. But he does begin by calling the federal law enforcement officers armed bandits. He actually calls them bandits. And then another point, he calls them militia. And then he transitions into Trump wanting a race war and Trump being the grand wizard of the KKK. Yeah, it's Trump who wants a race war, right? It's, Do- it's Donald Trump is the one trying to start a race war. It's not the people like Bobby Rush and any other Democrat and people in the media who are going out there 
telling uh, you know black Americans that 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 white cops are on on the hunt on the prowl trying to execute them in the street just for the crime of being black. No, that that's not what's starting a race war, is it? it telling this lie of systemic racism. I mean, from from r- relentlessly, continuously telling people that uh, that you know that that white people are engaged in some sort of conspiracy to discriminate and oppress them, that they're in a systemically racist country. It's always been racist. It's, it's, it's inherently racist. Everything about it is racist. And again, they're being, they're being hunted and executed by racist white cops. No, that's not the thing that's going to start a race war. Not at all. No, it's Donald Trump sending in law enforcement officers to stop people from burning down federal buildings. Number four, we know that uh, Teen Vogue has some wacky far-left stuff. Here's the latest from them. Headline, Joe Rogan is spreading transphobic hate speech, and it's putting lives in danger. Let me read a little bit from this. It says, Joe Rogan is one of the biggest figures in podcasting. His show, The Joe Rogan Experience, consists of lengthy, often rambling interviews with a diverse array of athletes, academics, actors, entrepreneurs, and more. But you could also say that Rogan has really built his audience through selecting guests who bring their own notoriety to the show. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, a lot of times uh, there's, it's harmless fun. And then there are the episodes, which by virtue of Rogan's massive online reach, lend a veneer of credibility to some truly dangerous prejudices. Take the recent episode with guest Abigail Schreier during Schreier's conversation with Rogan, in which she promoted her book, Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Um, sounds like a great book. Actually, I have to pick that up. Schreier in... Here's the part. Schreier invalidated the lived experience of trans and non-binary kids and teens and made numerous dangerous, entirely unsound false equivalencies. Um, then it goes on some more saying, uh, you know, Rogan is, is horrible and bigoted. And then it says, which is worse, to expose such bigotry to your millions of subscribers because you genuinely endorse it or to have so little conviction that you will knowingly platform hate speech about some of the most vulnerable, persecuted young people in our society to benefit your own career. You be the judge. Both are appalling in their own way. And it goes on. By the way, I lied. This is not a Teen Vogue article. This is in Men's Health. Yes, Men's Health magazine. A magazine allegedly published to serve an audience of adult males. And it contains an article vilifying Joe Rogan for not believing that females have penises. And it includes phrases like invalidated the lived experience of trans kids and teens. Um, or sorry, trans and non-binary kids and teens. I hope I didn't just invalidate their experience by excluding them uh, accidentally just there. Now I ask you, has any heterosexual adult male ever, ever non-ironically said the phrase invalidated the lived experience? I mean, has any has any such male uh, ever even said the phrase transphobic hate speech? So who is this article supposed to appeal to? Well, we know that these days, everything, all things, everywhere, must first and foremost serve our leftist cultural overlords, which is why a men's magazine article could be lifted and transplanted into Teen Vogue intact, and it wouldn't seem out of place at all. And in fact, I, I checked it right before I, I came on the air. Uh, it, was, it was written by Philip Ellis, this article in, in Men's Health. And he actually does write for Teen Vogue, too. So that probably tells you everything you know. Um, I, you know, and admittedly, I, I don't know 
I don't know who exactly buys these men's lifestyle magazines. Um, but I would Im- imagine that whatever the audience is, it's probably not an audience for content like that. What do I know? Five, uh, finally, a bit of good news for you, so you don't have to worry about this anymore. Thankfully, according to the Huffington Post, producers at the Hallmark Channel are in, quote, active negotiations to include more LGBTQ people in their Christmas movies. Thank God. Uh, it's, you know, because this, this, this is a problem we'd all spent nights worrying about, lost a lot of sleep over. Because, you know, in fact, just last year, I was watching a, a Hallmark Christmas movie with my kids. And I thought to myself, are there any non-binary trans pan- pansexuals in this movie? By the way, spoiler, there weren't. Not a single one. Uh, it was pretty outrageous. But Hallmark, fortunately, is solving that problem. Because like I said before, remember who we must serve first and foremost. Now, Hallmark, their job, just like Men's Health Magazine, you would think their job is to serve and provide content for adult males. No, it's to serve and provide content for our leftist overlords. And same for Hallmark. You'd think that you know their audience, Christian, conservative families. Nope, not, not them. Um, actually, six. Here's a little bonus here because I enjoyed this. I want to throw this in. This is from a guy named Peter Thatchell. I don't know who he is or what he does. His bio says he's, quote, for human rights, democracy, global justice, and LGBTI freedom. So I guess that's what he does. I answered my question. Here's his, here's his tweet. Appears to be non-ironic. I don't think this is a satire. He says, UK's head of state is firstborn descendant of each generation of the all-white senior royals. Black and Asian people are therefore excluded from being head of state for foreseeable future. This is institutional racism. Yes, the royal family is racist for not being black. That's the how dare they not be black? They should have really thought about this before they decided to not be black. You know, you need you need to think twice. Honestly, a white person's choice to be white rather than black is tacky at best. But really, Peter's right is actually racist. Of course, we we're just going to ignore the fact, I guess, that a black woman did marry into the royal family, and then promptly took the prince and left to America to become an actress. So that doesn't matter, though. The real problem here is that the Queen of England is, is you know, if she was black, um, then we wouldn't have an issue. Um, but every day, she decides to continue being white. What a racist scumbag. With all due respect. We're going to move on to our daily cancellation. Um, you know, by the way, before we do, Ben Shapiro has, uh, his new book just came out, came out July 21st. So it's, uh, on the shelves now, how to destroy America in three easy steps. And he must've seen to the future when he was writing this because it's, it's, it's come to life all around us. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for us, um, the book covers two fundamentally different visions of America that are now on the table. One, one vision is unifying, finds our unity in shared philosophy, culture, and history. The other disintegrates our country in the name of fundamental fundamental change. Disintegrationists are also using weapons like cancel culture to build their whole new world order that they're building. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps details how this alternate worldview has gained so much cultural ground so quickly. Um, You can pick it up at Amazon. You can also go to Barnes & Noble right now and uh, buy a copy. And I would recommend you do that. Now for our daily cancellation. This is a quick one, but it's important. Uh, We're going to be canceling. Well, I'll just show you. Watch.
it's amazing that that's real. That is, that's actually real. If, if, if you got into a time machine, I had you in a cave before. Let's say you're in a time machine now. You got into a time machine back in October of 2019, and you came here to August of 2020, which would be kind of a, a lame destination for a time machine. I mean, you, you go 10 months into the future, right? You couldn't think of anywhere else better to go. But anyway, let's say you did, and uh, imagine emerging and seeing that commercial. It would, you would just be utterly baffled, wouldn't you? It would seem like we became a society straight out of a dystopian fiction novel overnight, which, in fact, we did. Um, only, I guess you could say, it didn't really happen overnight. It's been happening over the course of many decades. Um, there have just been some things that have thrown some accelerant onto it recently. Uh, by the way, I guess if you're, if you're listening to the audio podcast, just to clue you in, that was a commercial from Fox Sports advertising the fact that they're going to have virtual fans at all of their games starting, I guess, I think it said this week. Because we can't have real fans. Because, you know, putting 30,000 people, let's say, spreading them out over a 70,000-person stadium is somehow dangerous. We can't do that, so instead Fox is going to have fake fans, virtual fans, in the stands. And um, they tell us we should be excited specifically because the virtual fans can boo, they can cheer, they can even do the wave. It actually mentions all those things. Virtual fans, now with booing. Get yours now. Only five low payments of $29.99. This is a a horrendous idea on many levels. Um, Besides, it'll be totally unrealistic, if you think about it, during football season to see fans in the stands, you know, in Jacksonville. That's really going to take me out of the whole experience. Um, Why not have virtual players, too, at this point? Why not go full dystopia here? Also, another problem, you think about the experience like in Philly stadiums, whether it's baseball or football, how are you going to simulate the stench in the Philly stadiums if actual Philadelphia fans aren't there? And are you going to have virtual bottles being thrown and that sort of thing? So there are many issues with this. Um, And that's why I'm canceling virtual fans, which is probably a moot point because my prediction would be that they're going to do this for one week and then stop it when they see how weird it is and how poorly received it is by the viewing audience. This this is, are we supposed to just, I don't even, I don't understand the point. Are we, do they expect us to forget that there's nobody actually in the stands? Imagine how distracting that's going to be when you're trying to watch a game and you see all of these polygons um, surrounding the players. That's just weird. And it's canceled. Uh, I won't allow it. I disallow it. Canceled. All right. Uh, We'll leave it there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Trump brings back the coronavirus briefings, Democrats defend China, and the MLB gets woke. Plus the mailbag. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.